0: up everybody it's the power rankings podcast aka the power rankings show i'm your host elliot harrison and i'm pleased to be joined as always with the one and only the refreshing handsome extremely knowledgeable at marcus underscore mosher how are you even though i already know the answer to this question a little depressed gotta be honest elliot well,
1: you depressed. guys, let me news. be clear football yeah. depressed, football depressed. Yeah,
0: it's uh, been a tough day for cowboy fans. Uh, if you happen to host a moderately successful Cowboys podcast, you're depressed. Um, so, Marcus actually told me this. I didn't know this, I missed it. Uh, I checked Twitter last night and I didn't see anything. Um, and Marcus talked to me this morning and he goes, Did you hear the news that Tyron Smith? Uh, the Cowboys' left tackle, uh, most likely a future Hall of Famer, we'll get that uh, get to that in a second. And the reason that every Cowboy fan's been depressed when a backup comes in, uh, out for the year, torn hamstring, severely torn hamstring. Uh, Marcus, you said they said it was off the bone.
1: I guess it's not all that dissimilar to what Makai Becton had. Um, it's a hamstring injury that's behind the kneecap that tore off the bone. Um, I saw the injury uh, taking place live, and it was pretty brutal. I thought he tore his ACL. Um, Cowboys were optimistic that the ACL wasn't checked, did an MRI out last night. It's not good. They're still hopeful. Jerry Jones said, hey, we're going to have him when it matters, like in that San Francisco game last year. I wouldn't count on that at all, but it's a tough,
0: tough injury. Well, you got to count on the Cowboys even making the playoffs at this point. Um, I'm not trying to be, uh, I don't know what the word is here, a negative Nancy, but I mean, this certainly weakens his team. We thought they were about a 10 and seven team coming the year. I think Philadelphia is going to win the division. You thought the Cowboys, would you still stick with that without Tyron Smith, the Cowboys winning the division?
1: I'm going gonna, gonna to ask you ask you a question for that. Okay. Is it shocking to you that the betting markets have not changed anything when it comes to the Cowboys after this injury? The Cowboys' odds to win the division are exactly the same. Their number of wins this season sit at the exact same number, and the, their odds to make the playoffs are the exact same number. So odds makers really don't believe that they're going to have any big
0: downgrade this season without Tyron. I understand that because he's missed so much time and that's probably what they're thinking. It's like, man, they've gotten so used to playing without him. But, you know, I, I know that when the Cowboys have had a backup, the most famous one that I can think of is Byron Bell playing in his place. Chaz
1: green, both of those guys in
0: and, yep. and Chaz green. And, you know, the Cowboys offense sputtered with those guys at times. And Dak Prescott did not play well. And all of those ills got blamed on those tackles. And I don't think that that really bodes well for your team when everyone wants to blame offensive ineffectiveness on the fact that you have a backup playing injuries happen. Backups have to play backups have to play at left tackle. That's part of the deal. Look at Tampa Bay right now. Yeah. Um, Do you think they're going to be making any excuses? I don't think so. So I'm, I have mixed feelings on this, but I wouldn't blame Vegas for not moving it because tyron smith i mean how many games has he missed the last three years alone so
1: i mean i i don't think he's gonna play at all this season but assuming he misses the entire season that means that he'll play 13 total games over the last three seasons there you go um but here's what's tricky about this though like if you look at the the six games that tyron didn't play last year I mean some of them are really bad. He they did he didn't play against the Broncos. They got killed yep. in that game, right? Yep. The following week they played Atlanta and they won 43 to 3 and that game wasn't even that close. I know they won by 40, it wasn't even that close. They play the Chiefs the following week and they only put up Not nine good. points. Not good. They played the Giants a few weeks later. Um Ty- Tyron misses that game. They scored 21 points. It's kind of an ugly game, right? They play Washington on Sunday night football. They score 56 points in that game. And then Tyron doesn't play in week 18. The Cowboys score 51. So obviously they're not going to score 51 points
0: every game. Yeah, I'm not going to, well, I'm not going to count week 18. So throw week 18 out. I'm also not going to count the Washington game because that game, every single thing that could possibly go right for the Cowboys went right that night. They had a big block punt on special teams. Didn't Diggs have two interceptions in that game? Yeah. Everything went their way. I think it's alarming that those were the games because Kansas City was an ugly offensive performance, and that's not a juggernaut defense of Kansas City. The Although they were playing stopped. well at
1: that point in time of the season. Remember, the, the offense for Kansas City was playing poorly. There was other things going on in that Kansas City game between Amari Cooper didn't play because he was out with uh, COVID, CeeDee Lamb got hurt before halftime. They had they had other issues, but the point remains like they just didn't play well that game. Twenty-one Keep points against
0: hurt. the Giants. Okay, whoop-de-doo. And the Broncos game, I would argue, was the Cowboys' ugliest game of yep. last year. So yep. it doesn't bode well. Um if we if we look at this a different way, though, just looking at it from the Tyron Smith perspective, this is a great, great player. Sure. I don't care how available he's been. We got to remember this is year 12 for him. He came out in 2011. And that 2011 draft is quite heralded for the other guys that came out in that draft. JJ Watt came out in that draft, Richard Sherman came out in that draft, Cam Newton came out in that draft, Julio Jones came out in that draft, Patrick Peterson yep. came out in that draft. I know I'm missing one, a big one. Um and then Tyron Smith. And Tyron Smith isn't really the guy people think of. I think Marcus if he never plays another down in the NFL, I think he's a Hall of Famer right now. Not a first ballot guy, but he's in the Demarcus Ware sure. tier to me. Now I know you thought Demarcus Ware was a bona fide first ballot guy. So
1: I mean, if Tony Baselli makes it into the Hall of Fame and Tyron Smith already played 52 more career games than Tony Baselli, yeah, he Boy,
0: somebody's be. already researched this. Well, I'm just <laughs> I mean, I happen to know I love how you had that memorized top. right away. <laughs> the Tony Baselli comparison. I love
1: well, it. I just that's a lot
0: of games, man.
1: Just it's like three seasons.
0: Yeah, but bear in mind Tony Baselli has been waiting for a really long time. And okay. well, I would argue Tony Baselli was considered even by his peers to be the very best tackle in football. I don't know that I can say that about Tyron Smith. I think he's certainly been there in that realm. But I don't know that anyone would say, oh, yeah, that's the best tackle in football. I think they would say he's among the best two or three. But to me, if you're among the best two or three, sometimes you're the best. Sometimes Trent Williams is the best. Sometimes Jason Peters was the best. I think you're a Hall of Fame player. Right now, I would rank them Trent Williams, uh, Tyron Smith, Jason Peters is how I would look at it.
1: Tyron Smith still only 31 years old.
0: Yeah. Well, he was a 21 year old rookie or 20 year old
1: rookie. 20 year old. It's, I hope this isn't the end of this career. I, I hope that the Cowboys optimism is correct here. And that he comes back in December and he's ready for the playoffs or whatever playoff run the Cowboys are going to make. But, and that's a pretty serious
0: injury and expecting that's him to come back. Injury. without, Yeah. I, I don't that, know. I, there it, are guys that run track that don't come back from that injury. Now, Tyron Smith is not running hurdles. Tyron Smith's not a sprinter, you know. Tyron Smith is a tackle, but he still needs to plant, backpedal, all those kind of things. Um, I would look at this kind of like an Achilles injury yeah. uh, for him. Um, I, it's probably best bet just to shut him down and keep it that way. I know Jerry Jones wants to stay optimistic, but this Cowboys team isn't winning the Super Bowl. I don't, I don't you know, why not regroup for next year and beg Amari Cooper to come back? Because in the uh the, the great uh wise words of Rocky Balbo, it ain't over till it's over, Elliot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's uh that's a really great point, you know. And I, yeah, I we'll have
1: to wait and see how if the Cowboys are eight and seven going into the last three weeks of the season, and he's close to being play, able to play or able to play, maybe you do bring him back. I we'll see.
0: How good was he against his opponents? <laughs> come on, man.
1: I don't know if I can do it anymore. As a layup. That was a layup. Whatever he hits, he
0: destroys. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if Tyron Smith's going come to come back, you know, or not. But I imagine if somebody tries to talk to him about it and says, you know, maybe it's time you change careers or whatever, he's going to say, I don't want to change. <laughs> sorry uh, we we apologize in arrears for this uh marcus and his family are obsessed with rocky um, uh, last line you didn't answer of, my question though. No,
1: hold on last line of rocky three you know stallion it's too bad we gotta get old you know that's the way so i feel about tyra it's too bad we all gotta get old and gotta have our bodies all beat up
0: <clears throat> i'm about to ring the bell on this uh, conversation ding ding <laughs> But you got to answer my question. Hall of Fame. I know you think he's a Hall of Famer, but I said, yeah, I think he's in the Demarcus Ware tier. And what I mean by that is that I don't think Demarcus Ware is in the Peyton Manning, Joe Montana tier. No. Uh, Walter no. Payton, uh, Emmett Smith, you know. Pick, oh, so you said there gu- should
1: be tiers of the Hall of Fame?
0: I'm just saying, I'm, I'm using your lingo, no, the Lawrence we'll Taylor. The idea that this guy—that all you have to do as a presentation is stand up and say Lawrence Taylor, yeah and he's you don't not need there. to give a pre- He's not. And Demarcus Ware wasn't either to me. That's why I wasn't surprised when Demarcus Ware didn't make it this year. That much, uh, I was a little surprised. Um, if it came down to Tyron Smith or Demarcus Ware, just out of curiosity, right now, uh, Demarcus Ware. Yeah. Okay.
1: Partly too, he. I mean. If DeMarcus Ware's career would have ended in, what, 2012, 2013 with the Cowboys, I think I would have said Tyron. But because of the Super Bowl and how well DeMarcus Ware played in the playoffs for the Broncos, I think that's what puts it over the edge for me.
0: Yeah, I understand. You know, when I was thinking of tackles in this era, you know, I thought of Andrew Whitworth, obviously great player. Joe Staley, really solid player for San Francisco. But I really think – it goes Trent Williams, Tyron Smith, Jason Peters. And I think all three of those guys are deserving. At some point, um, Trent Williams still playing like a just an absolute beast. Wasn't he PFF's highest graded player yes. in the league last yes. year? And he was even amazing. over Aaron Donald. Amazing. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're going to kind of stay with the Hall of Fame topic because something that happened in the news didn't really, it wasn't really a, I wouldn't call this a news item. It was more of kind of a, passed around social media video was Dion sanders talking about the hall of fame mm-hmm. and it was very kind of it seemed very impromptu and you might have seen this video if you didn't how best would you describe it
1: i thought Dion was telling the truth right okay i, mean, I really do okay. I, you have a more a bigger problem with this than i do so basically i was trying to find the full quote here but Uh, Here you go. Here's what Deion Sanders said. The Hall of Fame ain't the Hall of Fame no more. I love it. I respect it. I admire it. I think all the guys who are inducted are definitely deserving, but it needs to be a different color jacket. My jacket's got to be a different color.
0: Yeah, I can see why you don't have a problem with this because you have an inherent bias towards... He he also said, I'm going to finish the quote. Yeah, There needs
1: to be a starting 11. There needs to be an upper room. My bus don't belong with some of these other busts yeah, in the Hall of Fame. On. I'm sorry. I'm just being honest. I'm just saying what you're all thinking, what a lot of Hall of Famers are thinking the same thing. This thing has become a free-for-all for now. And I kind of agree. There is, there is a difference between some guys that get in after years and years and years and, years and somebody like Dion where it does – I don't want to say cheapen it because that's not the right word. But Dion is just a totally different level of player than like, I don't know, a Leroy Butler. You want me to keep going? That's my point. (laughs) That's it. That's all I had to say.
0: (sighs) Okay. Well, Am I wrong? Let's put aside just for a second the absolute lack of class. Just for a second. <clears throat> By who? My bus don't belong. What do you say with the other bus? I mean, come on, man. It, All right. Tell me something right now. What, very what, what, arrogant. Stop. Let's, let's stop. be clear. Stop. It's Hold on. Very you, arrogant. Okay. Okay. If, you love Dak Prescott. If Dak Prescott was on the mic after a game and said, listen, I, my locker doesn't really belong next to Tony Pollard's locker. Let's be honest. I mean, I'm a certain tier, and, you know, look, no disrespect. They're in the NFL. I take nothing away from them, but their locker doesn't belong next to my locker. How well do you think that would go over?
1: Not great, but Dion's not on a team
0: anymore. (laughs) Like, okay, like that makes a difference. Yeah, I remember (laughs) – when Emmett said he felt like he was a diamond surrounded by trash in Sports Illustrated, and he got trashed for was
1: it. Was that yeah, Emmett? Yep.
0: But here's the thing. Uh, why do we allow? Why do we pacify Deion Sanders and not other players? Is He's Deion Sanders to- really that much better than Emmett Smith? I mean, really? Cowboys don't win without Emmett Smith. Cowboys win without Deion Sanders. Period. There's no argument there none zero zilch zip because i think he's a transcendent player i think that's bogus i think it's this whole prime time kind of aura thing why can dion say these things but if somebody else says it they're horrifically arrogant i don't get it what is it why does everyone why is it like there's also an actor i'm thinking of like this who when he talks, everyone feels like they've got to be silent and he can hold court. And it's the weirdest thing. And why is it that when Dion talks like this, all the reporters, no one gives him any pushback. No one says anything. But if Emmett said something like this, it ends up in Sports Illustrated and he gets vilified for it.
1: I mean, I think you kind of answered your own question, right? It's because it's Dion and Emmett, right? They're just Two totally different levels of players, like let's use a different, hey, different sport, you know, you know, but, the, but like different sport. If LeBron said this versus Chris Paul or whoever, it's just gonna
0: carry more weight with somebody like LeBron, right? Okay, so you're saying Dion is that much better of a player than Emmett Smith? I think so. No way. I listen, I think Deion Smith, Sanders was a great player, but the underrating of Emmitt Smith is absolutely just stupid at this point. It's stupid. The guy ran for like 18,000 yards. Like, you know, it's it's silly. I'm listen, I was in Dallas in 92, 93, and 95 when they won three Super Bowls. Any Cowboys fan that was alive old enough to watch football, there's no way any of them would disagree with me that if you took Emmitt Smith off the '92 team, off the '93 team, off the '95 team. There's no way they win the Super Bowl. But your Cowboys but you're top- proved they could win the Super Bowl with Ike Holt, Larry Brown, and Kevin Smith. They proved it. They didn't need Dion. They didn't need him, but doesn't mean that Dion
1: wasn't the better player.
0: What did Dallas do from '96 to '99 with Dion? They had a lot I'll of tell fun you what they did.
1: Okay, but that's hold on, hold on. You, okay. this is a bad faith argument, and you know that, right? Because the offensive line was nowhere near as good, right? Drakeman started to struggle, Michael okay. Irvin got hurt. There was okay. a lot of things that factored in there. Dion was uh, still if, incredible.
0: And if you said Dion was moderately better player than Emmett Smith, I would agree with you. I would, but remember his bust they don't belong, you know, they don't, but belong. he's not
1: saying Emmett Smith though.
0: That's true, he didn't say it about Emmett, but just using an example. You say Dion's clearly better than Emmett. They're almost the exact same age. Dion came in in 89. Emmett came in in 90. To, in to 2000. Me, to go me ahead.
1: we talking about the guys like Tony Baselli and maybe okay. some of the guys in this class, right? Like, I don't know. Like, there's just a difference in level. And I think you can admit that we can go back and look at the last 10, 10 years worth of classes, and there's several guys that are just not even close to the same caliber of player as Dion.
0: What I'm saying to you is that narrative colors our views of players. And you should know this based on the jersey you have next to Dion's behind you. So in 2000, when Emmett said that, made that comment, very similar style comment, Dion and Emmett were both in the league at the same time. And I can promise you that Emmett was a better player in 2000 than Dion Sanders was. Could absolutely promise you. Emmett Smith ran for – I'm going to go off memory here, but I think he ran for 1,299 yards in the year 2000, in year 11. Deion Sanders had a terrible year for Washington. So uh, he was gone after a year. I'm just saying, like, if you're going to say that your bust doesn't belong in the same room with other Hall of Famers, I don't know. I don't feel like I need to be that fair. Let me ask you this question.
1: Yeah. Do you believe that there should be different tiers of the Hall of Fame? No.
0: Why not? Because if we're going to do that, then what if Tom Brady came out and said, "You know what? I saw Deion Sanders' uh, video, and I got to tell you, Deion Sanders' bus just doesn't belong next to mine when I'm in the Hall of Fame. Like he, didn- uh, he shouldn't even his bus can be talking to mine. I, mine should be." At I the agree top. with him. I would agree with him. I mean, that's stupid. So <laughs> now, when when people get an Academy Award, are they going to come up to the stage and say, "You know"? listen, I won best actor for our picture. And I got to tell you, this other film doesn't even hold water compared to ours. I mean, you just don't do that.
1: But, okay. But the Academy Award is why I, that some of those best pictures start to feel cheaping because bad movies have started to win best pictures and stuff. I, I I just agree with you're it. You're say I think some of
0: these guys in the Hall of Famer, but you're going to tell me Tony Baselli was a bad player. No,
1: it's, it's, It's not that he's a bad player. He's just not on the same level as Dion. Just like Dion isn't on the same level as Tom Brady as a player. That's why I think there should be should Tom.
0: So so should Tom Brady be in a room? Would you like it? Do you think it would be well-received if Tom Brady, in all seriousness, came out and said, Deion Sanders' bus doesn't even belong with mine?
1: I don't think he'd get any pushback. I I I think he
0: would. I disagree with you. I mean, a hundred percent, hundred percent. People might
1: push back on the arrogance of him saying that just like I'm pushing back on the arrogance of Dion saying it, but the point I think is still correct. Right. There's
0: a difference between saying, you know, I kind of wish we didn't take five guys in the hall of fame every year, because I really feel like this is an exclusive museum and the players that I was enshrined with, We're really elite players, and I just want to make sure we keep up that kind of quality. That's the way you say it.
1: I think what's – I have a problem with like the NBA Hall of Fame where if you played for five years, you're basically in. And now it doesn't mean anything. Like I know you're not a big NBA fan, but like Tony Kukoc and Ben Wallace and Chris Bosh made the Hall of Fame this year in NBA, Right. Those guys aren't in the same level as Michael Jordan and Kareem al jabbar and Magic Johnson. So it just feels cheap, right? It feels like, hey, anybody gets in. We're just celebrating everybody's career. I I think Dion and I think a lot of other people want it to be a very exclusive club where we don't even have to have a debate whether this guy should be in or not. Like it's just this guy was a super, superstar or he's in a hall of very good.
0: Dion Sanders is one of the best NFL players I've ever seen, ever. But when you're sitting there saying that other guys don't even belong in the room with you, why can't there be different quality level players in the hall of fame in terms of this guy was maybe the best player ever. And this guy was just one of the greats. Why did the guys, because I think there's a
1: big gap though. I, 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 I don't have a problem with what you're saying, but I think there's a, there's starting to be a gap where we've got the all time greats and we've got some guys that were good for various small stretches.
0: Okay, well, Tony Baselli. since we're using him as an example, I'm going to tell you right now, Tony Baselli was every bit as dominant as Deion Sanders. He's stonewalled, guys, just like Deion stonewalled wide receivers. I get it. Corner's more exciting. I get it than a tackle is. But they're both important positions. I mean, look how much money left tackles made in the late 90s and 2000s. How do you think teams valued him? Um, Tony Baselli's shoulder uh, surgery got screwed up, and he had to retire. Is that his fault? No. I mean, you don't hold Dion's Baltimore part-time days in his 2000 Washington season against him. I don't. So, you know, why should we hold somebody's injury? If we're using, if he was referring to Tony Baselli? he may not have been. We don't know who he was no, referring I, to. Thank there's just mess. other
1: guys like, you make a case that Jerome Bettis and Deion Sanders should be in the same Hall, they they both have the same Hall of so Fame. So now we yeah. need
0: different Hall of Fames because Jerome Bettis, in your mind, wasn't quite as good as Dion. So how about we have eight different Hall of Fames? We'll have one for the Tom Brady's and the Joe Montana's and Jerry Rice's.
1: Well, yeah, well, that's what I wanted to yeah. do really quickly. If, if there was like a – the thing is the Hall of Fame could do this kind of secretly and they wouldn't even have to announce anything. Just have it kind of in order, which would be really, really fun – but let's say there's like a pantheon or like a very upper deck of the hall of fame, right? Where this is the exclusive to the exclusive guys who is in that list or who's in that room.
0: The exclusive, the exclusive. You mean guys that have a legitimate claim to being the best player of all time.
1: Yeah. Or guys that you would say, Hey, I don't even think we have to have a discussion about them being in the top two or three players of all time.
0: Okay. Be Joe Montana, Tom Brady, Walter Payton, uh, Jerry Rice, Jim Brown, Lawrence Taylor, mm-hmm. Reggie White, maybe Anthony Munoz, maybe. I didn't have him on the list, but I have everybody else. Um, I don't think I could put Peyton Manning in that group. No, nope, I don't, I don't I have.
1: I've got him in the next tier of quarterbacks.
0: Okay. So, sorry, Dion doesn't make that list for me. That's,
1: I don't disagree.
0: I agree with you. And Dion, that, that's, uh, that's my if list. you make me pick between Dion and Peyton Manning, I'm going to take Peyton Manning. Okay.
1: I wouldn't take either in that room. Seriously.
0: I no, no. Either. I mean, if we're going like a yeah. second tier, if Peyton Manning is in a second tier, I'm not putting Dion in that tier either. It's
1: fine. But I th- to me, that's tier one. And then tier two is probably a little bit bigger. you probably make it like a pyramid. And I think Peyton's in that tier. I think Dion's in that tier. Um, I think my guy Randy Moss is there. Rob is there.
0: The problem with this, Marcus, is that Dion's saying these guys don't belong in the same room with him, and you're excusing that because I don't (laughs) think he's wrong. I don't. So what if Peyton Manning? So what if Peyton Manning came out and said Dion Sanders doesn't belong in the same room with me? I won multiple MVPs. How many MVPs did he win? zero zero I okay. thought he was the greatest okay I, I other I defensive have, players have won MVP granted not very many
1: I, I would have if you told if you told me that Peyton and Dion were on separate tiers I wouldn't totally fight you on it
0: well I, I think I'm more I'm less upset with Dion than I am the people that just automatically just bow down and laugh so me. And chuckle and yeah but there's another part of, of of that of this whole thing but so you would have dion so your second tier would be peyton manning dion and who uh would emmett be in that tier no no would barry sanders no okay
1: rob gronkowski would be in that tier
0: okay aaron donald
1: Yes. Yes. I'm trying to think off the top of my head who else I'd put in that tier.
0: It's hard. It's hard to think about, isn't it? Uh, uh, offensive line? I think you'd have to put Johnny Unitas in that tier. Um, but I know you don't like to go that no, old that's, school. No, that's
1: fine. That's fine.
0: Um, all right. Dan Marino? I, think my, I wouldn't put Dan Marino in that tier. Um, mm. I would put I would put Dan Marino and Deion in the same tier.
1: I, I would put Ronnie Lott in that tier.
0: Yeah, I would too. And I think Ronnie Lott was a more impactful player than Deion Sanders it's was. It's fine. Um, but I'm telling you, I think Deion Sanders is probably one of the 30 greatest NFL players ever. I do. But he had a problem, I'm pretty sure, if I'm remembering right, where he was ranked on the NFL's top 100 players. I think he was ranked 33rd. Uh, this was when they first did it back in 2009. And I just, I have a problem with these guys don't belong in the room with me because there's one other, there's one other side of this. Then we'll get off this topic. You're also acting like, you know, all these other players. Do you think Deion Sanders really knows how good Alan Page was or how good Bob Lilly was or how good uh, Otto Graham was or how good Johnny Unitas no, was? no. You think Dion's a historian of the game that actually did his due diligence and actually looked up these guys and tried to learn? No, no, I, d- no. I know he's not. I know, I know he's just everyone that everyone that came before me wasn't really all that good. Kind of a- attitude, you know. Now I know he didn't say that, but if you're saying most of these guys don't belong in the same room with me, then you're including some of the older players that, quite frankly you don't know anything about. I agree. Now, I I will tell you that I only know as much as I know. I, I'm i limited, you know, based on what you can research and what you can see. And I could tell you most of the Hall of Famers are not as good as Dion. I can tell you that. But there are some older guys, like let's take Otto Graham. Went to 10 championships in 10 years, man. He's yeah. the best player at his position in the NFL, you know? Is there no part of you? I get it you're younger, you don't care as much as I probably do. Maybe not because you're younger, just maybe I care more about this than I do. Is there no part of you, not even a little part of you, that says, hey, man, you really shouldn't be saying that about guys you have no idea about their careers? Like, it's one thing to say it about Tony Baselli, right? Because he saw Tony Baselli. They may have played against each other. If if he doesn't like, um, I don't know, Chris Carter being in the Hall of Fame, whoever it is, Thurman Thomas, whoever it is, that's one thing. Do you think he should be judging guys that played in the 50s or the 60s or the 70s or even the 80s before he got there?
1: No, but it's Dion, so it's, I mean. So it's okay. It's okay.
0: Yeah. It's just like it's, you know, we have quarterbacks in the NFL that are Teflon Dons, and we have other quarterbacks that get. That's what I'm saying. I feel like narrative plays such a huge role. Of course it does. And so it surprises me that you're so in defense of him because he's on the plus side of that narrative. It's the legend of Deion Sanders versus Tony Romo, who's got a negative legend. And I, I you know, I guess I just fall somewhere in between. And again, I think Dion was great. I worked with him at NFL network. I thought he was a nice dude. I just didn't like these comments, but that's okay. He doesn't have to like sure. my comments. You know, sure. he's got his opinion. I got mine and he's entitled to his and I'm entitled to mine. So Whatever uh, it doesn't take away from the fact that he was awesome. Totally awesome. And he was awesome for three different teams. So, you know, he was Don't awesome. You need to convince Atlanta. me.
1: I know all about it.
0: Yeah, he was. Man, the one year he was in San Francisco, he was incredible. Just incredible. But um, I just wish, you know, Dion didn't talk a lot of smack on the field from what I know. Um, he kind of let his play do the talking when he went like during the game. Mm-hmm. Um I kind of like that part of him, you know, the best. Uh, But anyway, whatever. He doesn't care what I think. So uh, from one Hall of Fame topic to another Hall of Fame topic um, in the news this week, uh, Lynn Dawson passed away. Now Lynn Dawson, uh, well, I would say is a great quarterback, but now I realize we have different tiers. (laughs) So Lynn Dawson, um, maybe not the greatest quarterback to ever play but certainly a phenomenal player. And at the time he retired, Marcus, he was like six one hundredths of a rating point behind Sonny Jurgensen for the NFL's all-time leading passer in terms of passer rating. Now, they didn't consider Otto Graham's numbers because Otto Graham played in the AAFC part of his career, and the NFL, for some reason, won't count those numbers, even though they merged with him, Mm -hmm. which is weird. Um, So, Lynn Dawson's numbers may not look that amazing right now to you but at the time he retired he was at the top of the charts
1: yeah and we talked about Len Dawson a few weeks ago when we heard that he wasn't doing particularly well Uh, but yeah I mean if you go to his pro football reference page the amount of numbers that are bolded which indicates that uh, you led the league in a certain stat pretty incredible I mean just across the board he had some phenomenal seasons 68 1968, one of the better ones. He averaged 9.4 yards per attempt. That would be incredible in today's NFL. So uh, quite the career. Um, But we also mentioned this the last time. Part of maybe the most famous picture in NFL history, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. I I actually was doing some reading about this picture. So if you're not familiar, it's the picture of him sitting at halftime uh, with a cigarette, and you told me it was a fresco, right? Yes. Uh, just sitting there waiting for the third quarter to start. He actually didn't want that picture to get out, and the NFL didn't want that picture to get out. Um, Dawson didn't want it to get out because he didn't want to promote smoking. He was not a big smoker, but he just needed a cigarette at halftime to get ready for the uh, second half of the game, but wasn't released until years later, and now you see it all the time on social media.
0: Yeah, I would say probably the most famous football pop culture photo oh, of yeah. all the time. Um, yeah. You know, the interesting thing about Lynn Dawson, first of all, he was all class. Just say that. He was all class. I'll just let that hang out there for a minute. Okay, cool. I don't know I that way about Emmett, but go ahead. And, I, you know, one of the things about Lynn Dawson, he got off to a rough start in his career. He, he came up with Cleveland and Pittsburgh and didn't catch on with either team. And in 1962, he went to the AFL, became the quarterback of the Dallas Texans. And that first year, it was pretty evident, Marcus, that he was probably the best quarterback in the AFL. His first year in the AFL, he threw 29 touchdowns in 14 Mm -hmm. games. Uh, Two touchdowns a game is great now. You know, Mm -hmm. if a guy throws 35 touchdowns this year, people are going to be excited. That first year as a starter, he had 8.9 yards per attempt. That's still a phenomenal number. Um, and even his completion percentage, 61% that's back good. now, that's okay. But back then that was fantastic. His passer rating in 1966, the first year the chiefs made the super bowl was 101.7. And this is in an era when 80 could lead the league. One Oh one would be like having 120 passer rating. Now, mm-hmm. uh, so as a seven-year, excuse me, eight-year starter in the AFL, Dawson led the AFL in passing six times. That's pretty incredible to you, be the league's top passer six out of eight years. I just want to say in
1: that 1962 AFL season, um, there was only three quarterbacks that season that had or that completed more than 50% of their passes.
0: And know, he had 61.
1: Do you have any idea who the other two were?
0: That consider in 1962 completed more than 50% of their passes. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Um, okay. I'm going to go with. Um, oh gosh, this is hard. I'm going to go Tobin wrote. Nope. That's not one of them. No quarter. One of them was the quarterback for Boston. Yeah. Then that's Babe Perilli.
1: Yep. And the other one was quarterback for Denver.
0: Ooh, Broncos quarterback in 62. Oh, you may have me here. Frank Tripuka? Trip- Frank Kuka? Tripuka, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that was Kelly Tripuka's dad, who was an NBA All-Star. I, I could be wrong. But um, that,
1: that season yeah. also
0: had one of my favorite quarterback performances
1: of all time. Uh, it was yeah. George Blanda's season with 27 passing
0: touchdowns and 42 interceptions. Yeah, a lot of interceptions in those days. and 14 you know, games.
1: Very- and they yeah. won 11 games.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, something, yeah. How many yards? What was his yards per completion? Uh, bland, as you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's 13.4. Okay, not as high as I thought it was going to be. He had another uh, year, 17.8. Right. Guys threw the ball. Think about that. 18 yards every time you complete a pass. Uh, you had to understand the 60s. Teams threw the ball down the field, which meant, you had more interceptions but going on that point it was really common Marcus for quarterbacks to have as many interceptions as touchdowns if you look at Dawson's career in the AFL from 62 to 69 his TDINT ratio was 182 to 117 in an era where it was very very even that's pretty strong that's not great today but it's certainly not bad um I just have a lot of respect for this guy. He led the AFL in, in completion percentage seven out of his, uh, excuse me, eight out of his nine years as a starter. He led them in a, uh, touchdown passes four times. I already mentioned the passer rating. And then in 71, he took Kansas city to the playoffs when the leagues merged, they played Miami in the longest game in NFL history. And Jan Stenerud, who's in the hall of fame. Maybe he's one of the guys Dion was talking about because he's a kicker. Uh, Missed some field goals. The Dolphins won that that playoff game in double overtime. If Kansas City would have won that game, I think they would have blown out or beaten the Colts handily the next week. They would have played Dallas in Super Bowl six, and that would have been a heck of a Super Bowl, but it wasn't to be. Miami uh, got there instead, and Dallas blew out Miami. But uh, Lynn Dawson, host of Inside the NFL on HBO, always a classy guy. Mm -hmm. And a real highlight of my career in broadcasting, I'm not a real big name dropper. I don't really talk about people that I've interviewed on our podcast or any of that stuff. Why are you, why are you laughing?
1: Keep going. I'm good.
0: Am I a big name dropper? No, you're not. No, you're not. Not at all. I don't think I ever talk about people I've interviewed. Uh, But in this case, Lynn Dawson was my dad's, one of my dad's favorite players. Mm. And um, we did a thing on NFL network. You might've remembered this. We actually got panned for this. Do you remember when we re-aired Super Bowl One? and we called it the lost game? I do. And they took NFL Films footage and then they used the NBC broadcast announcer tape. But they had all of us talking over the game mm-hmm. and people hated that. They wanted us to – they thought we were going to air the actual Super Bowl One broadcast. Well, the reality is only one person has that broadcast. And it's a guy that wanted, wanted to give it to the NFL. if They gave him a decent price and the NFL didn't want to pay him anything for it. So he's got the only existing broadcast of that game. We had to show films footage. And so we did, but either in halftime or post game, I think it was post game. We brought Lynn Dawson on for a talk back and I got to interview him with the other guys. And just a huge thrill for me to interview one of my dad's favorite players. And, um, uh, yeah. So anyway, that's it.
1: Yeah. I'm going to miss Lynn Dawson. Uh, just a great ambassador for the uh, the NFL as a player and as a commentator. So it's
0: been a tough week. I know that uh, Jim Nance and Tony Romo did a Chiefs game a couple of years ago and they sat down with Lynn Dawson and Jim Nance. I think it was on that Romo Road show. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. It was like an hour long special. Mm-hmm. And Jim Nance was a little not starstruck, but it's obvious that he was a big fan. I just want to make sure that I'm clear here. Um, Dion Sanders is your favorite player of all time. <laughs> it's your favorite player. And, uh, look, he was great. Lynn Dawson was great. I think Tyron Smith's going to end up there, but, uh, you know, those are my thoughts. I think I've argued with you enough. My voice is hoarse again, speaking of Tony Romo. Um, I'm going to give you the last word, bro. Like I always did.
1: Yeah. I, this is actually a, a question I have back at you because this Tyron Smith news is, uh, it's football depressing for me, right? You it just, is mm-hmm. like, oh, the season hasn't even started yet. You lost your best offensive lineman. Is there any hope left in the season? Why can't, why does this have to happen to me? So, how do you get over that? Like, well, what's the number one thing I need to do to, like, try to get my mind off of this? Is it, like, go watch Baywatch on AMC right now? Is it to go? What, what do I need to do?
0: Baywatch, man, what a pull. It's actually on right now. I was, It's on my TV. Maybe, maybe you need to listen to some metal, get the aggression out. You remember in uh, the big short when uh, Christian Bale's character played, like, metal on the drums? Yeah, get his uh, Michael Burry out? or whatever his name is? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's what you need to do. That's a great movie, by the way. It is Absol- absolutely great movie. Yeah, that's a tough one. I, you know, I'll be honest here. I, Tyron Smith, I, one of my favorite players, certainly on the Cowboys, uh, one of my favorite players. And, um, yeah, it's you hate to see this happen to a guy late in his career like this. You know, I, I hope he can come back from it. But, you know, by the way, I really like Deion Sanders a lot when he was playing, too. I never got to see Lynn Dawson play. Uh, good news well, I have Jer- some games of Lynn Dawson's. I have some news live broadcasts.
1: But Jerry Jones went on first take today and he said all of our goals are still in front of us, and just want everybody to know that this team still runs through Ezekiel Elliott. We know we've got Dak Prescott, but Zeke is our is our guy. So that made me feel man, a lot
0: better. Man, <laughs> if the Eagles, somebody on the Eagles came out right now and said the Cowboys don't even belong in the division with us, they should be in like a different tier. Oh, you would be hot. You would be so hot.
1: I think it would be funnier if Nick Sirianni came out and said, "Our team will go as far as Miles Sanders takes us." We're just...
0: <laughs> I, I will. I I'm am coping make... the best
1: way I can with just trying to laugh it off. I don't know. I'm no.
0: I'm I, I, I get it, man, because he's so important, and you know what happened to the Cowboys in years past when he didn't play. You know, and um, we've talked about the game before, but I think the most famous example is that Atlanta game when I don't remember how many times Dak got sacked by, was it Adrian Claiborne? Sacked yeah. Five Adrian or six times. Yep. Yeah. Well, that was Byron Bell, right?
1: And Chaz Green. Chaz Green started and then Byron Bell came in.
0: I just remember them not, I mean, put a tight end over there, you know, help out something. Anyway. Yeah. That game was ridiculous, totally ridiculous. So, I don't know how to tell you to get over it. You went to the state fair. You got some, you know.
1: Yeah, but I, I, I was sitting in the circus when I saw the news that Tyron got hurt. And it made me really sad.
0: So you know what? I, go watch. Go watch one of Dion's returns from either '98 or '99. He had a great I, one against the Giants. Uh, that'll that'll put you in a better mood.
1: Can I try, tell you a true story? As I was walking out of the the circus last night. I had I had my little red nose on and I was scrolling through Twitter and that's when I found about the bad news. So
0: depressing. That it really hurts, doesn't it?
1: I, I was I was upset.
0: Even the greasy
1: it. cheese fries couldn't help me last night.
0: Watch Dion's three uh, returns for touchdowns for the 49ers in 94. That'll make I'm sure i sure they're on YouTube. They're awesome, totally awesome. Uh, one other thing though, here, bro. We haven't pulled a football card. We can't leave without pulling a football card.
1: All right, fine. Let's do it. Here we go. Ready? Yeah. All right. Oh, this is a fun one.
0: Is that James Hasty?
1: It is James Hasty.
0: Okay, so defensive back for the Jets. He played corner and safety. But I don't know what card that is.
1: It's him from the 1994 season. This is a 1995 Pro Line card.
0: Pro Line, that's right. They were around for a little while. I never collected any of their cards. I kind of got out of collecting cards in the mid 90s, but I think the next year Hasty went uh, to Kansas City. But he was part of that Jets. I think 88 rookie class where they had like three defensive back starters. If I if I recall, I liked James Hasty. He's in Tecmo Bowl also. Tecmo Super Bowl. I played that last weekend. You did, yeah. What team were you? Uh, I was the Giants. You were the Giants with Dave yeah. Meggett and OJ yeah. Anderson, and yeah. Did you like to play the season mode, or you just played a game?
1: I just played a game. I, I played against uh, Bo Jackson. Did you win? Um, no. You can't. It's impossible.
0: <laughs> oh man! All right. I think we should. Should we roll the music? We're just yeah. We're I good. mean, at this point, like this, we're bad. I need
1: something. I need something to cheer me up. Let's do it. I'm.
0: I'm <laughs> I'm trying, man. i why don't you why don't you go watch Heat? That's like your favorite movie ever. I might go, go read that. Heat 2 with the novel. <laughs> why don't As you watch the is- intern? Watch the intern with Robert De Niro. Oh, and, that's a uh, good movie.
1: In Hathaway yeah. is very good, that movie.
0: Yeah. You
1: like movies like that, you know? It's fine. It's fine. Go, go watch, go watch Crazy Stupid You're Love. Watch Marley and me or something. I don't know. <laughs>
0: that's not gonna cheer you up. <laughs> I
1: just need right. to get all the tears out, and then I'll be fine.
0: All right. He's he's the host of – I can't even say it. He's the host of uh, Locked On Cowboys with Landon McCool. He's got a heavy, heavy Cowboys bias, especially about older Cowboys players in that podcast. Make sure you download it and enjoy it. He also covers the Raiders for USA Today. He's at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. I'm at Harrison NFL on Twitter. We hope all of you have a great weekend in your tier. Take care we